And we're back. Hi guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Before the After Talk with your host, Carlisle Chua. And today, we are <laughs> hitting you with a bonus episode. Yeah, Um. basically what's happening is that I studied for um, my theo class and I there were things that hit me. And I kind of just want to talk about it and obviously I want to have, I want to speak about it while it's still fresh in my head and so that's what i'm gonna do right now um basically i'm taking this online class as we all are um and it's theology of marriage family and vocation and basically um basta we talked about love before marriage sex everything like that and it was really really cool but the last um ever module that we have is about you know, discernment. So it's like more about like your life choices and everything like that. And basically it was saying how like feelings, um, you follow your feelings toward the path and it provides you direction in your life and everything like that. And like it super hit me because basically a lot of things. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to talk about it. But today I actually came prepared. I actually have notes because I want to be able to, well, I'm like kind of free ball, like free, free talking. What? I don't even know what I'm saying. But I'm like doing this without a script, but I definitely do have notes because I, um, I have a lot of things to say. And so, yeah, let's get it started. Okay, so... As I said a while ago, I want to talk about discernment um, in my life and basically all the feelings that I have um, that led me to where I am now. So I guess you guys know, um, if you've been listening to this podcast for a long time already, that I am extremely emotional. I really do follow my gut um, with almost everything um, in my life, I think. like I'm a, I live my life very emotion based i'm not a very logical person and maybe that's a bad thing but like it's gotten me this far (laughs) and i think i'm doing pretty well like granted right now where i am like mentally um and emotionally i am in a very good spot but also there are really bad parts um that come with going with my gut feeling all the time going with my feelings all the time because it has led me in, like, it dug me my grave many, many times, and I am just able to climb out of it, luckily, but sometimes it's just just not a good thing. And basically, um, (laughs) I know, okay, there's just a warning that I'm going to get really topical here um, and actually bring up, like, names of saints and everything like that. So, just a fair warning, but yeah. St. Ignatius of Loyola, um, he was, he said, like, you know, there's a hidden influence of good and evil spirits. And I think, you know, being someone who is so easily influenced by my feelings, I realized also that, you know, I have good feelings and bad feelings. Sometimes I have feelings where it's like, yeah, I want to give to the world. I want to be a good person, la la la. And there are evil parts of me. Like, granted, like, not evil, but like, there are less selfless or just selfish parts of me that's like yeah i just want to enjoy my life or yeah i don't care what these people say or i don't care if these people get hurt because i just want to enjoy my life so that bad part of me actually brings me away from god and 
I guess the good part of me um, brings me towards them. And I've talked about this before already. But, um, you know, if you are new to the podcast, I have... Um, I was part of a church group for a very, very long time in high school and until the earlier parts of college. Only recently have I stopped. Well, not only recently, but like maybe a year ago, I completely stopped going to my church group. Not because like I stopped believing in God or anything like that, but I just got too busy and like um, a lot of things have changed in the church group. Basically, you know, I grew out of the people who were there. A lot of my friends weren't there anymore. It grew uncomfortable for me because I was becoming one of the oldest members of the church group. That, parang, um, my ideas and like my thinking was way too mature already for the age group that I was still a part of in the church group like they were like their sharings would be more about like oh i'm scared of going to college oh high school is so hard la 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 la. and like i'm in third year college now i obviously can't fit in with these people so i like moved away from them or like i've drifted away from that church group but i it's kind of one of the obvious more obvious avenues in getting closer to god because you're literally in that area and praying all the time and reflecting on the bible and having listening to talks from priests and everything like that um but i have if like if there's one thing that i could take away from that church group and i i think i have said this before but i was able to find my calling um through there like oh it sounds so corny but before right i i already told you guys before but i was part of the worship group or like the worship ministry of the church group and so i was the one who was like leading worship so i was like singing in front of the mic and like praying with these people and all that so because of that like i found my love for music and i realized that this is my avenue for sharing like, the word of God and, like, acting as God for other people, you know? Like, I use my voice now to bring peace and happiness to people. And I don't want to sound like I'm big-headed or anything like that, but I definitely think that I'm, I have a good voice. And if that makes people happy, if that makes people feel at peace, I want to be able to bring them that peace with the talent that I do have. So, yeah, I think there, my, the good spirits were acting within me and everything like that. Like, yeah, I was so inspired all of a sudden. But, of course, going into college, there, it's like a completely different world because parang everyone wants to grow up. I think, yeah, around this time, because in my notes, according to my notes, you know, being a teen... That's really when it's like the real beginning of our quote unquote personal journey um towards maturity and discipleship, so according to Ronald Roll Heiser, I don't know if I said that right, but yeah, it's the real beginning of our personal journey because in college we're literally like our parents don't know anything about us anymore at that point, like they really trust us to make our own decisions. We're old enough 
we're old enough to make our own decisions, but we're still so young to not know what the correct decisions are. And that's why it was like, you know, I was so easily swayed by, you know, the quote-unquote evil spirits um, around me. Uh, I was, I don't know, I'm not proud of it, but like I was, I, I snuck out a lot. I used to like drink a lot, like after school, duh, but like, I, it was not a good I was it was not in a good place. I remember I was hanging out with the wrong people who were doing a lot of the wrong things and I personally did not believe that I should be doing those things, but I was with them because it's like, yeah, I wanna be happy and you know, these people that surround me right now doing these bad things, they made me happy and so I stuck by them and they became super duper bad influences to me, but I wanted to stay. So I don't know, at this point, um I was just looking for who I was. And, you know, there are a lot of people who will tell you that college is where you make your mistakes. So do all the stupid things you want in college because in after this, after this phase of my life, I will not have room to make mistakes anymore because I will be accountable for every single thing that I do. Like, I'm go- I could, well, now I could be imprisoned and stuff like that. But, like, as a student still, parang you have, like, this veil of protection still that's, like, why would you harm a student or why would you, you know, I, I think everyone gets me. Like, you're still a kid at this point. So, you still have that protection. But you're old enough to access these illegal, well, not illegal, but like these bad things like alcohol, you know. um, And like your car, okay. Granted, your car could be used for good also. But like, your car, like, it takes you places and that places, those places can't always be safe or whatever like there's so many temptations there and like as a young adult you have access to every single thing and then when you're older you realize nah you don't need to do those things to live a good life but at my age or at our age because my demographics around my age like we all just want to make those mistakes to have them done already now like, I think this is the best time for us to take things off of our bucket list. And that's what we're doing. So, like, I don't know. There's, like, a natural motivation. And it says also, like, in the images, quote-unquote images of struggle, um, the dark night of the senses. So, like, you know, we're just going with our natural motivation to seek pleasure in our own lives. We just want to be happy. And, like... I think, yun nga, that's like a normal thing for everyone. Like, dude, some people, like, if you're really, really, you know, selfish talaga, um, you, you don't really care about what everyone else is doing with their lives. Or, I mean, I don't know how to explain it, but like, there's a point in your life where you don't care what other people think. Just live your life as happily as you can. And sometimes that may be harmful to other people, but it doesn't harm you, so why don't might as well just do it. And it's just like you become blinded by like fr- blinded from the consequences of what you're doing. And that's what being a teenager is like. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect and that I haven't gone through that also. I have. 
dude, I have dated so many people that I did not, I, I was, I didn't care about it. Like, I just thought, okay, these people make me happy for like maybe a span of a few months, but if they stop making me happy, I'll just drop them. And that was so selfish of me, but I made those mistakes and guess what? I'm learning. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's like an overstimulated restlessness and grandiosity that makes choosing, at least in terms of permanent commitment, very difficult. So, I was very, very afraid of permanent commitment. Like, yun nga, I was dating a lot of boys at the time. And I never committed to them. And it was clear because when they stopped making me happy, I left. But real commitment is being there through the good times and the bad, loving them for no matter what, yada, yada, yada. But I did not do that because I was like, I'm young, I'm free. I don't need to deal with this heaviness right now. I'll deal with it when I'm older. Like when I'm like 25, I think I'll be like, okay, maybe time to start looking to settle down. But right now it's like, no, I don't need to settle down yet. I'm so young. I'm 20 years old, you know? So yeah, um... There's also that, I don't know how to say this word, puer syndrome, puella syndrome. It's it's a Latin word, which means, puer means boy and puella means girl, which is basically the eternal boy or Peter Pan syndrome. So it's like, you're forever young. And granted, I don't think this way because, you know, I, you guys already know the things that I've been through in the past. I have matured very early on in my life. Um, and I think the reason why I am, I was so careless in the start of my college life is because I was like, I'm a kid. Why am I thinking so maturely for an 18-year-old girl? Yeah, I was 18 years old when I started college, okay? So I was thinking, I gone, I've gone through too much at 18 years old. I need to wind it back a little and be a kid again. So for me, I was like trying to prolong my youth because I felt like it was taken away from me and it felt unfair to me and that's why I kept fighting to get my childhood back. But the way I was getting it back, the way I was enjoying myself was so not good. It was, it was really bad, like very dangerous, very like sneaking out alone, sneaking out of the house alone, just going... Not alone, but like the the act itself is very dangerous already. Not telling my parents where I am, never texting them where I am, sneaking out. Like, well, I like granted I wasn't cutting class, but like after my twelve my twelve noon class, like I'd be dismissed already for the whole day. I would go like to Tagaytay or something after school on like a freaking Wednesday night or stuff, like. I was doing the stupidest things because I just wanted to enjoy my youth because it was taken away from me. And I think that's a lot of people as well because I think the our parents' this generation, they all expected us to grow up. Like, they kind of just forced us to grow up and be adults. And they were... I think one of the biggest excuses they had was like, you're so old na, so you should act your age Parang, girl, I'm th- I'm 10 years old, you're telling me to act my age. I am acting my age, but um, they expected a 10-year-old to be more independent and stuff like that. 
And I understand that maybe in the in their context, it's because like, my well, my per, personally, my parents like they went through a hard childhood and stuff, so they're expecting us to grow up, um, as tough as them. But we're just in different times already, and I guess the whole point of, you know, us being another generation is that we don't have to carry out the the struggles that we had as kids like i i don't want to inflict the pain that i went through to my kids like we are moving past that we're it's like it's over but for my parents it was completely different they thought like okay i was raised this way and i turned out fine so i'm gonna raise you this way and you better turn out fine but like i think it's just different mindsets already and it's just not working and i think that contributed as well to my rebellion stage because i was like my parents took that away from me and i'm going to find it myself and that's what happened i was super duper selfish about it i did not care about what my parents thought anymore and i didn't realize that it hurt them and yeah imagine guys i was in a church group at this time well not like actively in the church group but i was still a member of the church group and i was doing these crazy things and it's like okay, there are these good influences in my life, but how come they're not as strong as they used to be anymore? And I think that's just because temptation is super-duper strong. And it's so, so easy to just turn a, like, turn a blind eye, is that even correct? Like, ha- just shun away the good because it takes so much more effort. It takes so much more sacrifice to do that. So yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, there was this thing also in this handout. Hold on, I'm looking for it right now. But like, it was like, um, earning your name or finding your name or something like that. And I remember I had like the the biggest um. What's the word I'm looking for? Existential crisis. I think when I was like 15 years old, I remember that I had this um what do you call it, this impromptu speech activity uh, with my oral communications class in high school, senior high school. And so we went up on stage and um, my teacher, she told me to talk about myself. And I had to fill five minutes of my class's time with an impromptu speech. And I don't know why, but like, I was I went on a deep and dark ass spiral. Sorry for the bad word, but like I went into a and I went into a spiral of like who I am if I'm not connected to my sister. And I wrote this on my journal also for this class. For my Theo class, not the oral communication class, but like I I remember I was so insecure because I didn't know who I was if I wasn't around my sister. I did not feel like I had an identity outside of my relationship with my sister. And like, I remember craving um, to find myself, to know who I am exactly. And so, yun, I think that's when I, you know, went out into college and went crazy and then I was like yeah this is how I'm gonna find myself granted I did find myself but it was not in 
the vices that I had or anything like that. It was in just like I think recently in this quarantine that I found exactly or not exactly who I am, but like I've I've gotten a glimpse of who I am and I, I kinda like who she is. Um so if you didn't know and I've said this a lot already in this podcast, but I tried like I started this podcast and then I tried out for um Magis Radio and I got in and everything like that. And like it made me realize that I really like what I'm doing right now. And I think that this is my next step in my life. And I think that the way I'm going to serve God now or the way that I'm going to live my to my fullest potential is being able to send out the message that I have through broadcasting. And uh, I'm just so excited about it. And I'm genuinely happy where I am right now. Like, emotionally, I'm kind of nervous for to start my Magis Radio um, job. But, like, as we speak, I am so proud of myself for doing that. Because I know that I can change people's lives or I can influence them in a good way. I can act as their good influence um through well this podcast and the radio like i think i don't know like as much as possible you guys know that i really try um to influence you guys or like inspire you guys to do something about your lives to you know heal and everything like that and that's what i want to keep doing like and if before my life purpose was to um spread God's word through music. Now I think it's just spread God's word through my experiences that I have and the message that I want to put across, which is just love yourself, be who you are, and like accept yourself fully, you know? Um, so, you know, I think I've finally passed that stage of like essential discipleship. So that's basically struggling to get your life together. I think I've passed that phase already. Granted, I'm 20 years old and I can't just claim that I have my life together. I don't. But as of this moment, like as I'm sitting here recording this podcast, I think I have things. I have, I think I have my ducks in a row. I think that I am pretty organized right now and I know where I'm going. Um, so I think I got my life together and I know who I am, you know, for now. I know who I am right at this moment. And I think that's just enough for me to move on to the next step which is mature discipleship, which is for me to be able to give up my life for other people. And I have, I mean, I talked about this again in another podcast um, where I talked about tithe, uh, like, you know, offering up my time into a charity-based org or a sector-based org. And like, that's where I spend most of my time now. Like, I don't even care about my resume or anything anymore. I just want to serve these kids. And it's like, it's not selfish at all of me. You know what I mean? Like, I could be thinking of my resume. I could be thinking, okay, like, when I signed up for this position in this org, I didn't even think about my resume. I thought about, in this pandemic, everyone is going through so much stress and anxiety and now more than ever, people need kaithers because kaithers um, aim to alleviate the stress and anxiety of, you know, children and families who suffer f- 
from um what do you call it what do, what's what's the word what's the word chronic illnesses yeah so we live we advocate for the child life program or child life services which is basically to just lift everyone's spirits in a very heavy time in their life and like a turbulent time and now that everyone is going through the pandemic it's not only the sector who are and not only the kids who are going through such a scary stressful time but everyone around us and that's why i wanted to serve our sector and like yeah i don't know um i realized that whoa I actually care about people aside from myself for once. I, like, uh, before, yeah, I would claim I cared for people. But now, I legit didn't even think about myself. I did not think, oh my god, it's going to be so hard on my part. I did not think of that at all. I thought of, this is going to be good for the world. And I think that's what mature discipleship is. And then, there's radical discipleship. There, I am not there yet. Because, you know, I'm pretty young. And I don't really think about death that often. But it's basically the struggle to give our deaths away. So how can your death be meaningful to your family, your friends, your community, la 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 la. I'm not there yet because I don't know if I'm going to be doing this for as long as, for like my whole life. I don't know if I'm going to be like a radio DJ like after this. I don't know any of those things, you know. Um, But I've just been living more in the moment. And I've just been thinking tomorrow, like I haven't really been thinking about tomorrow. I've just been thinking today I'm still who I want, who I am. And what I want to do with who I am right now is to broadcast my message. And that's what I'm going to do. Maybe maybe when I'm like 30 years old, I'll be a writer or something. And I'll want to spread God's message there. But like for now, this is just me. I haven't thought about like my long-lasting impact yet and maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't because I'm way too young for that. But I, I don't know. I think if I were to die now, I would still be happy with all the things that I've done in my life. Like, granted, I, I started serving like a community greater than myself, like, maybe last year lang but like i'm already proud of what i've accomplished in this sector-based org and i know i'm gonna accomplish more but if i were to die right at this very second i would have already been i would have already been satisfied because i know i've been giving it my all um so yeah i don't know i just wanted to talk about that because right now i've been in a really good spot in my life and I wanted to share it, and if my Theo prof is listening right now, hi ma'am, um, yeah, I really loved your class, and this is going to be one of the last um, things on my e-portfolio, but I just wanted you to know that I actually very, I listened to your class a lot, and I'm sorry that I didn't really um, participate um, during online class because it's really hard you know I'm more of a person that you'll feel the presence of in like on-site classes but unfortunately we couldn't do that um, but I genuinely have been uh, 
what, what's the word I'm looking for? I generally have been reflecting on all of these lessons that we've had together. Um, and I'm super duper grateful for them. And I'm super duper lucky to, got, to have gotten you as my prof. Um, I hope, I wish you luck with all the other e-portfolios you're going to check. Um, and if you actually listen this far, then that's amazing. And welcome to my podcast. This is an actual podcast of mine that I actually record every Sunday. I'm sorry for the sirens. I cannot control that. But I actually do uh, record these podcasts every Sunday. And I wanted to dedicate this um, certain episode to you and your class because it meant a lot to me and has gotten me through um, this period of turbulence and yeah that's all I wanted to say anyway I will I'll talk to you the rest of my listeners next week and yeah I'll see you then bye guys